Welcome to Things That Keep Us Up at Night, the podcast. I'm your host, Abby Desjardin, entrepreneur, recovering workaholic, sleep evangelist, wife, and mother of three very expressive, courageous, and assertive girls. I'm on a mission to empower women through better sleep. If you want actionable steps to solve the problems that keep you up at night, you're in the right place. From finances to hormones, parenting to politics, relationships, and business, we'll talk about all of it. Let's get started. No, 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 I can't sleep, I can't sleep, no, no. Today, I am thrilled to be speaking with Robin Leggett. She is an athletic aging coach who specializes in helping women over 40 explore their athletic potential so they can gain confidence, overcome life's obstacles, and look, feel, and live ageless. Robin herself is a later-in-life athlete who spent 11 years as a roller derby skater before becoming an obstacle racer in her 40s. In the last five years, Robin has competed in over 60 Spartan races and has stood on multiple age group podiums. As host of the Seasoned Athlete podcast, Robin shares stories, advice, inspiration, and motivation from athletes over 40 to help people pursue bold athletic and fitness goals at any age. Hi, Robin. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Abby. I'm so ha- I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So we've heard your bio, but I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about your story. You mentioned that you weren't an athlete to begin with. So tell us more about that. Oh, yeah. I spent most of my life not being an athlete. Um, (laughs) Like I would never have associated that word with myself for at least 30 years of my life. So like growing up, going to school, I was the kid on the playground that was picked last for teams. I was the awkward kid. Elementary school, high school, college, like I wouldn't go near a sport and I hardly went near a gym. So um, I just I, I wasn't interested in that. I was the musical theater kid. Like that was my thing. Um, but it's interesting how life can change. So I had moved to Los Angeles. It was 2003. I had moved to Los Angeles in April, 2003. And I'd been living, I still live here. I've been living here for six months. And if anyone listening has ever moved to Los Angeles from a city that's (laughs) different from Los Angeles, you would know that it's a tough city to adapt to. Like, it's hard to meet people. It's hard to make friends. It's hard to get a social circle. So for the first six months that I was living here, I was pretty miserable. And so one day I went on Craigslist, which was the thing I guess you did in 2003. Um, Which is a little terrifying now, if you think about it. The last thing you want to do is meet people related to Craigslist in any way, but there wasn't like social media wasn't a thing at that time. And they had, I don't know if they still do, but they had a section called activity partners where people could post like meetups and stuff. And I was perusing that. And I saw an ad for a new roller derby league in Los Angeles called the LA Derby Dolls. And I was intrigued by that because although I was never an athlete, I always roller skated. Like I was a kid that was raised in the eighties and roller skating was a big deal. And I would roller skate around my cul-de-sac as a kid. And I always managed to have a pair of skates, you know, nineties, I went into the inline thing for a while and then back to quads. I always, you know, 
I enjoyed it as a mode of transportation. Again, I didn't think of myself as an athlete, but I'd skate around my neighborhood and stuff. And I, you know, I, in the back of my mind, I knew ro- roller derby was a thing like back in the seventies and eighties. I remember watching the old, you know, LA T-Birds games on uh, ESPN classic, but I thought it had died. I thought it had went away forever. Um, but, a unbeknownst to me, a group of women in Austin, Texas revived it in 2001 and they brought it with, you know, punk rock energy, um, big personalities, but playing the sport legit, unlike the professional wrestling thing that it became in the eighties. And so I was like, you know, here I am in the city where I don't know anybody. And I, I love roller skating and I love the idea of roller derby. And I was like, I have to check this out. So I grabbed my thrift store skates and I went to my first practice in November of 2003 and instantly I was hooked. <laughs> like immediately it changed my life. And I ended up playing roller derby for 11 years after that. That is so <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So here I, w- I went from like non-athlete for 30 years of my life to high intensity, full contact sport on roller skates. <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) So I'm wondering when somebody is in their thirties and forties and they say something like, I have never been athletic. I can't do that. What do you say to them? I say, first of all, never say never. And I usually go back to my own story Mm -hmm. because, you know, the roller derby unleashed something in me that still exists, even though I don't play roller derby anymore. I never stopped being an athlete and I'm now 45 and it's no signs of stopping. So first of all, never say never. Second of all, you just, you know, if you keep an open mind, you never know what's going to click for you. You know, growing up, there just wasn't a sport that clicked for me. I, my parents put me in youth soccer and I was terrible at it and didn't enjoy it. And, you know, you just don't know what's going to light you up. And for me, roller derby was the thing that lit me up. It was this sport that is both engaging both mentally and physically, which is, I think what I was looking for. I never was interested in going to the gym and just getting on a treadmill and and looking at the wall, you know, for an hour. Like, I don't want to be bored in my workout. I want to be engaged. And so roller derby did that for me. Here's this thing that for the entire 11 years that I played roller derby, it was challenging. Like it never came easily to me. I was always learning how to do new things. I was, uh, you know, when you're playing the game, you're playing offense and defense at the same time. You're you're helping your own players while stop, you know, physically stopping the opposing players with your body. And so there's a lot happening and there's a lot you have to get handled. Um, so it's very engaging, it's very energizing. I I, you know, I'd feel at the end of every practice, sometimes the hardest thing is I'd have a hard time falling asleep because <laughs> practice for a night and I was so lit up from the adrenaline and from the energy that I'd have a hard time winding down. But I loved it. Like I loved that feeling of having this mentally and physically challenging thing where my fitness was was mental. I was learning something um, mm-hmm. at all times. And that's that's been a driver for me. So, you know, you got to find that thing that when you when you show up to do it, you're you're energized and you're lit up and you want to do more of it. And that's different for everybody. But, you know, keep an open mind and you never know what that thing is going to be for you. Yeah. And I think you know, we constantly hear about the benefits of exercise and how necessary exercise is. And at least in our generation, it was very much like 
a thing that you just had to suffer through most of the time, right? Like, oh, you have to do PE and today we're doing running and tomorrow we're doing pole jumping or high jump. Like, I still remember those things. And it's so, I feel like early on, because you're forced to do these things that aren't really that great for a lot of people, people tend to write it off as something that just isn't for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. How are you supposed to stay engaged for months and years if you don't enjoy it? Like if it doesn't light you up mentally and emotionally and you, it's really interesting because you just actually touched on something that I long forgotten about (laughs) myself. And so, you know, PE, when we had to go run, I remember my friends and I would just go hide somewhere and just walk around and talk about music. Like I hated running. I didn't run from, I I never wanted to run for many years, but I remember in middle school, the one PE activity that I liked was hockey. (laughs) And we didn't (laughs) do like full contact. We were in a gym with like sticks hitting a ball. But I remember I'd get so excited about hockey unit or whatever we called it, where we would spend like a week or two doing hockey. And that was the only thing in PE that I liked out of everything because I was, I, I don't know, it was the only thing I was good at. Or again, it lit up some similar things that I would then find in roller derby many, many years later. So, you know, maybe look back on your own PE experience. Was there one thing that's like, oh, I look forward to when we get to do this, that yeah. one thing, because maybe that will lead you to your next journey as an adult, you know, you exactly. never know, but you just like, I hadn't thought about that in <laughs> decades and you just like <laughs> reminded me of that right now. So you never know what exists in your past that can open a door for your future. Yeah. So when women come to work with you, we know that there's that physical benefit, right? Obviously. But what are some of the kind of secondary or indirect benefits that people get from finding these, uh, from their involvement in extreme sports or just any any athletic endeavor at any age? Well, I like to help people and particularly women and especially women over 40 uh, discover things they could do that they never imagined they could. So that's sort of how I frame fitness. I don't frame fitness around weight loss. Um, I frame it around performance and milestones. So for example, when I, um, when I retired from roller derby a year or two later, I discovered obstacle racing. And so I do like Spartan races are the main things I do. And so I found that that lit up a similar thing in me that roller derby did where I am in this position where I'm, I'm doing this mentally and physically engaging sport where I have to learn new skills, like learn how to climb a rope, learn how to get across monkey bars, learn techniques that will make all of these things easier. And in my journey, I discovered how exciting it is when you do learn a new skill that you never did in your life and never imagined you could. So for example, going across monkey bars for the first time (laughs) in my forties, like I never did that as a kid. Um, and if I had, it would, it would have been long lost, but like, and so I help other women do that. It's like, okay, let's teach you how to get across monkey bars. The look on their faces when they cross for the first time is unforgettable because it just, it makes you feel so proud of yourself and so amazed that here I am doing this thing in my forties that I never in my wildest dreams thought I could do or would expect to be able to do. What else can I do? 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's it opens up something in you that it gives you this confidence because it's like you wrote yourself off previously. You wrote off the the idea that you could do something cool like this. And it opens it opens something up where it's like, okay, what else I could what else can I do? And it could be physical things. It could be like climbing a rope or running a race. It could be things in your life. Like it gives you the confidence to maybe ask for that promotion you wanted or maybe start a business. Um, it, it helps you feel like a leader in your own life, which is really cool. So I've seen this happen. I saw it happen in my own life. Like in my experience as in roller derby, I learned that I really love helping other women do things they never imagined they could. And that led me to go back to school and become a fitness professional in my mid thirties. Um, so that was one big change in my own life. And then it led me to start my own business and help other women do the, these types of things for themselves. So it just, it can, it can open doors for you mentally, physically, and emotionally that you never thought were possible for yourself. And it just, it's so empowering. I like to say that doing stuff like this makes you feel like a rock star in your own life and helps you look like a superhero to your family and friends. And so that's, that's all pretty empowering. And I love, I love empowering women, you know, we need more of that. When we're thinking about engaging in these mentally and physically challenging activities, there's also an increased physical demand for rejuvenation and rest and replenishment. So can you speak to how you've seen this impact sleep and health? Yeah, absolutely. So, and and it's especially prevalent as you age. So, you know, when you, it's sort of a, a progression where first, you know, you get into the sport that, that really lights you up and you love it. Well, then you want to get better at it. So to get better at it, you need to train, you need to eat better. You need to start taking care of yourself. So you get into, you actually, and that's where you actually start enjoying working out because it has a purpose. Like, it's not just, I'm this, this thing I I'm supposed to do, but I hate Mm -hmm. it, but it actually serves this purpose where it's, it's going to be the thing that's going to help you get better at this thing you want to get better at. Well, then that leads you to the next thing where it's like, okay, well, I need to eat better. I need to fuel this activity I do. And you start really noticing the difference between the days that you're actually eating well and you're eating fu- food that's replenishing and 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 f- actually fuels the activity where you actually see it in your performance versus like I ate, you know, processed junk food the night before a long run, you're going to feel a little different, right? <laughs> when you do that long run. Well, the same applies to sleep because it's going to affect your energy in the activity that you want to do. And you're not going to feel as good when you do it, when you don't get enough sleep and sleep when it comes to athletic performance is actually where the magic happens. So you can train all you want, but if you're not getting sleep, the training is for nothing. The training is where it actually makes the muscle, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. you do the workouts and you eat the protein and all that, but overnight is where it's like your body repairs itself and, helps you level up what yeah. you're doing. So it becomes important. And you, and again, as you get older, it becomes more pronounced. The difference becomes more pronounced when you aren't doing it, when you're yeah. not getting enough sleep, where you, you're, you're sluggish in your training or you're sluggish in your performance. Um, and, and it's, 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 it multiplies. So mm-hmm. 
that then feeds back in because if you love this activity you're doing, you want to feel good doing it. So, you know, I find myself, you know, this happens with, you know, weekend warrior athletes and and anyone who wants to be good at a certain thing where you actually start turning down social engagements <laughs> you know, because you're like, well, I got a long run in the morning, so I can't go out tonight. I need to get my sleep. And, you know, my husband and I are really diligent about that. Yeah. Like, especially, you know, on days where we want to, we need to get up and do a long run and it's hot. It's like, well, then we have to get up even earlier, which means we have to go to bed even earlier, but we know the difference between feeling good in this training activity and not feeling good. And sleep can be a game changer and all that. Well, and I think you bring up a really good point because in order to have a well-balanced life, you can't build your entire life around sleep, right? Mm -hmm. You want to have a plan and you want to be good about sticking to your schedule most of the time. But sometimes you want to go out and socialize, obviously not during COVID, but in normal times, let's pretend COVID (laughs) doesn't exist in normal times, you know, you have to have that balance, right? But making the decisions very intentionally, like I know that I am going to stay out late tonight. So maybe I don't schedule the really long run tomorrow or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you have a plan, like when you have a training plan, you could be a little flexible with your training plan. Um, but if you don't have a plan, it gets, it's a little screwy, but like, if you have a plan, like we do our long runs on Sundays typically, but like if there is a birthday party or something, we might switch that. We might flip that and make Sunday a recovery day. Um, and so being able to have a big picture, look at your schedule really helps and knowing where you have those holes, um, you know, that flexibility to move things around. And we, we've done that, like, you know, because we do want to make sure we get that long run in the week Mm -hmm. if we're training for something where the long run actually benefits that thing. So we have flipped days around um, where it's like, okay, this week, because we're going out, we're going to sleep in this day. We're going to make this a recovery day instead and make our long run on a different day. So the more you have a plan, the more you can futz with that plan and play around with it as opposed to, the, the, the opposite thing is if you don't have a plan, it's like, well, I was going to do a long run this day, but I've got this party tonight. So I'm just scrapping it. Well, that doesn't serve your goal. So, um, you know, and that, and then that can happen over and over again. So, you know, I, I'm a bigger fan of moving things around, moving the pieces, as opposed to like seeing what's happening on each day and being like, I guess this isn't happening then. Right. Right. And you know what, but you know what, if it doesn't happen, my, my (laughs) other side is, that's okay. Just get back to it the next day. Exactly. Yeah. Give yourself some grace and move on and try again tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Because sometimes the best laid plans aren't plans, but you know, (laughs) so plan A is plan. Plan B is don't beat yourself up if you know, the plan doesn't work or or whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So if somebody's listening and they're thinking like, Hmm, I wonder what that thing is that could light me up, or I might know what that is, but how do I go about setting like a bold goal to achieve this thing or even get started? Maybe that's the goal itself is just getting started. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like to encourage people to really think big for themselves. Like, And especially as we age, it's like, okay, what is that one thing that you've always wanted to do? What is that one thing that you maybe saw, saw your friend do that? It's like, oh, that'd be cool, but I could never do that. 
Well, first of all, I want to, I want to encourage you to scrap. I could never, because I used to say I could never, and I would never run a marathon. And I ran a marathon this year. So Woo-hoo! I ran the last, <laughs> last big race of 2020 before everything shut down. I ran, <laughs> I ran the LA marathon on March 7th. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of crazy to think about, but that's, that's a side note. But you know, it's like, I spent years hearing about people running marathons and being like, well, that's all well and good for you, but I have no desire to run for that long, but you never know over time. I changed my mind, Yeah, you know, so never say never, but what is one big thing that you would like to be able to do someday? Maybe for you, that is just running a 5k or doing a triathlon or climbing Kilimanjaro. I don't know. Like it could be anything playing roller derby, but think of like, what is one big thing? It doesn't matter where you're at now. One big thing you'd like to accomplish. So I, I, I encourage you to think of that thing. And think of that thing as something you could do someday. Um, that could be years from now, but you don't have to worry about whether or not you can do it now. So whatever that one thing is, the next step is what is something you could train for in the next 90 days that would take you, that would move you even just a little bit towards that thing. So for example, for a marathon, you want to mar- want a marathon. Well, in the next 90 days, you could train to run a 5k. Mm-hmm. So that that is a step towards a marathon. If you can run three miles, well, you can keep building on that. And we all have this limitless capacity for growth. That's the amazing thing about being humans. We have this amazing capacity for growth, but you have to recognize that in yourself and take away the self-limiting thoughts that like, I I don't see how that's possible. Don't worry about that right now. Mm -hmm. Just work towards that, that one goal that you could achieve in 90 days or so. And make a plan or work with a coach to make a plan to achieve that milestone. Because you're going to feel really amazing when you hit that milestone. That's step one is like work towards that 5k. When I ran my first 5k in 2012, I was like, so excited. (laughs) Because for the longest time, I was like, I'm never going to run. I was that kid in PE that said I'd never run. And then eventually I changed my mind and started training for that 5k. I was lit up. I was so excited. I was sore for days, but I was like, I did that. And so then I did more of those. And then you eventually it's like, well, how about that 10 K, you know? And so you work at your pace over time, but you, you work on that goal that you can achieve in 90 days. And then I put a COVID spin on that because, you know, if you're training for races, you know, races aren't really happening and we don't know when they're happening. So I encourage you to come up with a COVID version of that goal. So if your goal is a 5k, well, maybe there's a virtual 5k you could Mm do, or maybe your goal is I'm going to run three miles in my neighborhood without stopping by this date. And you set up a route in your area that you can practice on and you can set benchmarks where it's like, okay, I only stopped to walk three times on this route. So you can test your progress along the way and eventually you can hit that goal and you can time yourself and that gives you a benchmark for the future too, to see if you can get better, get faster, push your mileage. And that's just the running example, but there's examples for all sorts of different activities and sports, but it starts with like thinking big, really Mm -hmm. encouraging you to think big then come up with that thing that's still exciting, but achievable in the near future. And then making adjustments as needed to ensure that you can still do it as opposed to, well, I'd like to run this, but COVID, oh, well, not doing anything. Yeah. We, can still, we can still do stuff. Yeah. And it, you know, it is a, 
a busy time in that our responsibilities for a lot of us right now are different than they were nine months ago. But there's also a lot of things, like you said, that aren't happening, that maybe are creating more time to try Mm -hmm. some things that you've never tried before. Yeah. Like most of us don't have a commute anymore. Exactly. That's like an extra couple hours a day that you get back in your life. Yeah. And that's, that's the issue that I think, and I think women in particular are running into is life feels chaotic Uh right now. Like we're, we're working at home, we're dealing with homeschooling or managing kids school, Zoom meetings. It seems like there's Zoom meetings. I mean, you and I are (laughs) on one right now. Like, (laughs) like it seems like you're always on Zoom. And so life feels constricting. It feels like you don't have time, but if you can take a step back and, and I, I like to um, encourage the use of a written planner mm-hmm. or just a blank calendar and write down like when your conflicts are, when they're all happening and look for just little pockets of time. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have big pockets of time. If you have 20 minutes, you can do something. You can do a workout. You can go out and walk or go for a short run or ride a bike or whatever, you know, whatever you aren't doing now. Yeah. <laughs> you can spend pockets of time and find those windows of time. And the more you do that, the more you will likely find that you have more energy and you're in a better mood to handle all of the other stuff that you're handling in your life because we are conditioned as women to put everybody before us. Mm-hmm. And we need to put our, if we don't put ourselves first, we won't have anything left yeah. for everybody else over time. So, you know, you need to put yourself first, your own health your own wellness and your own interests and hobbies because you only have so much to give to others. Um, and they all get their stuff. They all get their yeah. hobbies. You need and yours. that's how you live a fulfilled life, right? And you want to, if you, if you have kids, you want to model that for them because Absolutely. you don't want them to live a life that's just a bunch of you know, check boxes, like I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do this. You want them to find the things they love doing and to do them yeah, and show them that you can do them and still be there for your family and be a good parent and be a good partner if you're in a relationship. And so I think it's so important to model that. Yeah. And then taking it up a level, like if you can crush these amazing milestones, you can run that 5k, you can run that marathon eventually, like your kids are going to look at you with so much admiration and they're going to see in themselves what they can do. It's going to improve their own self-worth because they see it in you. And it's like, well, if she can do it, you know, and they're they're probably looking like my old lady mom. (laughs) Why can't I? Because they always view us as like ancient. So old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, we all know we're not that old. And when you do things like this, you actually do feel less old. You feel younger than your age indicates. Yeah. Fun benefit. Oh, well, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of your amazing wisdom. Where can listeners find you? So my website is robinleggett.com and I, you know, I'm a coach. I call myself an athletic aging coach. I help women over 40, you know, really tap into those far reaching benefits that we talked about that come with exploring your athletic potential. I help women 
all over the globe. I do, you know, we live in a world of online coaching. Mm-hmm. And so I do that. Um, and so I have a, a number of ways that we can work together. And you can find that all on my website, robinleggett.com. You can also follow me on social media uh, at Robin Leggett SGX is so- Instagram. And actually, that's also Facebook, Robin, uh, Facebook.com slash Robin Leggett SGX. And finally, I host a podcast called Seasoned Athletes. So if you're looking for additional inspiration, you know, you've heard my story, but I share tons of other stories of athletes over 40. I've interviewed people ranging from 40 to 93 so far. Uh, so Seasoned Athlete is the name of the podcast at Seasoned Athlete on Instagram, seasonedathlete.me. Um, and you can listen to it anywhere that you enjoy podcasts. So definitely wow. give it a subscribe, give it a listen. You're going to get a lot from that. Yeah. So I will drop those in the show notes as well. So people have those direct links. Robin, thank you again. And I will talk to you later. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Abby. Bye. Thanks for listening to Things That Keep Us Up at Night. If you liked this episode, please visit us at thingsthatkeepusupatnight.com or subscribe and leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. No, 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 I can't sleep, I can't sleep.